Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? These days, it's harder than ever to stand out from the crowd, and it's even harder to get paid for the work you put online. Luckily, there's a new way to put your work out into the world. It's called Discovered. Discovered is a new digital platform and social network where creatives share their projects to new audiences and earn more money from their work than any other platform. Ready to get out there? Visit discover.tv today. Hey, 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 guys. Happy Sunday. It's another Sunday night and we're on the couch. It's Dr. Delvina, your host for the Brain Love Podcast. Of course, every Sunday night, there's an episode at 8 p.m. And I'm talking all things brain. And tonight I have a guest on. He goes by DJ Shock, but his government name is Thomas Harleen. Welcome to the show, DJ Shock. How you doing? How you doing? I'm well, thank you. So, um, you know, Guys, I'm here in South Florida. DJ Shock is in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, and the way I I, uh, heard of him, I won't say met him, but heard of him is he was on The Breakfast Club with um, Charlamagne the God, DJ Envy, of course, Angela Yee. And um, and you're talking about what's happening currently in your life medically, and that is being on the waiting list for a kidney transplant. Absolutely. So, you know, as I listened to the interview, I couldn't help but to think, you know, I'm, I call myself the queen of brain love. I just kept thinking about how you are faring mentally on a daily basis. So I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, but before we go into those, those details, is it okay for me to ask you sort of some questions so, so I can kind of sort of get everyone on the same page? You know, I heard you speak on The Breakfast Club, so I know the background but I'd like for the listeners to become acquainted with your story as well. Okay. Okay, doke. So um, you're originally from South Carolina. Is that correct, DJ Shock? Yeah, that's right. Okay. And uh, and how long did you work as a DJ? Um, I picked up the hobby around 12 years old. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm 40 now, so that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you began DJing at... 12 years of age so in junior high school well I picked up the hobby at 12 around about 1920 is when I really started to you know professionally do my thing you know shout out to DJ Francis who took me on this wing here in um, Columbia South Carolina and taught me everything that he knows well not everything but most of what he knows and, Mm -hmm. and my career took off from there yeah mentors are uh the the shit. I mean, basically everybody should have a mentor. So yeah. Yeah. And so you worked hard and practiced and played around with it for about seven years and then it became a serious gig for you. Yeah. It, it became something that I said, I think I can do, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you were younger, like, you know, okay. Age 12 or so, did you have any medical problems? Like, had you been diagnosed with any diabetes, which is elevated blood sugar? Did Not you- that I know of. Well, I was a normal, healthy 12-year-old kid. Okay. Um, I didn't find out everything about me health-wise until uh, 2018. I was 38 years old. So just two, three years ago. Yeah, everything just kind of, um, everything kind of came at at the same time. Mm-hmm. So when you ask the question, 
how is it mentally you know um it can weigh on you because you go from being a person who considers themselves healthy to mm -hmm. being told that you know in order for you to live you need to um do these things and 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 forego eating certain foods and and um stay inside and and, and be on a dialysis machine so mm. it, kind of, it rocks your world because the only thing i really had wrong with me in the past was like maybe a, a sinus um cold every now and then but nothing major so when did you start to feel sick or feel different i felt different march uh, april march april 2018 mm -hmm. um i work here at a high school in south carolina shot ac for a high school and um i noticed when i walked up some steps i just became tired mm -hmm. the steps i've been going up every single day now, i've been at that school for 10 years so um well at that time i was at that school for eight years so i travel the same steps every day and it, it, it never bothered me but until around that time so um I, then i started to notice that my legs were a little swollen so i figured you know i was always on my feet all the time so i really didn't pay no mind mm -hmm. just you know get, get get more rest and you know um you know soak in the tub or something like that and it'll go down yeah but um when it didn't go down for about a week straight I went to an urgent care up here. And that's when I first, first found out that I had high blood pressure issues. And they put me on um, blood pressure medication. Mm -hmm. so thinking that, you know, high blood pressure is a big deal. But mm -hmm. thinking at that time, it wasn't a big deal. It'll go down, it'll go back to normal, blah, blah, blah. So um, a couple months later, after you know um well let's back up a little bit around 2016 is when i started to change my diet i was a very bad eater so i cut out a lot of fried foods cut out um meat for the most part just started eating more healthy more um more leafy greens more salads fruit vegetables stuff like that mm -hmm. and what, what do you mean dj shock that you had a bad diet what were oh. you eating prior to changing your diet in 2016? Oh, fried foods, oily foods, um, like big nasty burgers. I mean, well, not nasty. They they, they taste great. But, yeah. So yeah. Big, big I, I, burgers and fries and yeah. everything loaded. Um, um, just just a whole lot of salt intake. I heard you say on the Breakfast Club that there were days you would have two whoppers. You go to Burger King and get two Whoppers and and just yeah, I have two for lunch and then I go yeah. hungry again. I had two for dinner. That is a lot of meat. <laughs> yeah, and salt and processed stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. And then, and then we as African American kids, we grew up, you know, hamburgers, hot dogs, French fries mm -hmm. on Friday. So that was my thing, you know. I mm -hmm. cooked me up some fries in in in, in the pot and you know just pig out and. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, all that oil and salt and everything will eventually catch up to me. So it was around 2016 I woke up with that. I said, I'm tired of eating fried food. So, so how long did you eat that way, though? Would you say from the time you were a kid or? Yeah, from the time I was a kid to around about 2016. So that's 36 years of my life. Wow. 
So you didn't really have leafy greens and, you know, salads with dinner and lunch on a daily basis and every now asparagus. Every now sprouts. I mean, every, you know what? I never had Brussels sprouts. I <laughs> try that. I never had Brussels sprouts in my life. That's a good I, brain love food. Yeah, I, 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 I hear. I got to try that. But yeah. um, every, every now and then I, I might have had something green. And when I say that, it's probably because the lettuce was on the burger. You know what I'm gotcha. saying? Or the lettuce was on the sub. So mm-hmm. now it was totally different. I make sure I have something leafy every time I eat. Um, well, not breakfast, but lunch and dinner. I make sure I have at least something leafy. Mm-hmm. Also a salad. Um, I can't have a salad how I want to as far as the tomatoes and the black olives I love. But Yeah, we're going to get to that because you were saying you're on a strict renal diet. Renal is another word for kidney, folks. So so 2016 came around and you, you woke up after, what was this, 36 years, you said, of eating improperly or eating fast food, processed food, and the way most Americans eat, really. Not just Black folks, but most Americans. That's, Every American. It's, yeah. It's, most funny American. That, it's funny now that um, <laughs> I, it's, it's funny that I do this and I try to keep myself from doing it. But now when I'm in the grocery store, I judge people grocery carts. <laughs> <laughs> I know I shouldn't do that, but I'm looking for grocery carts like, what do you do? That ain't, that ain't good for you. Oh, look what you got. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible, I know. But I need to stop judging people grocery carts. <laughs> Nah, it's all good. It's all good. So um, you woke up, there was no impetus, there was no trigger, no factor involved. You just woke up spontaneously one day and you're like, okay, I'm tired of eating fried food. Yeah, it's something like an epiphany. You know, you, you wake up, you just feel like, I think I'm over that. Gotcha. Now, leading up to that time, had you had any headaches? Were you um, noticing dizziness? Did you have days when you would feel sick when you think back to it? I've had headaches prior well, to 2016. Yeah, prior to that, and mm-hmm. and thinking back on it, you know, I thought it was because at that time I was just grinding real hard from about 2005 mm-hmm. till 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 about right now. I well, well, not as heavy, but um, my schedule used to be like uh, Tuesday I'd have a I DJ at a two out of Tuesday place and. Thursday, I'll be at another place, and Friday and Saturday, I'll be at another place. And, and, and meanwhile, working, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a full-time job, you mm-hmm. know, um, not getting enough sleep, and and I figured to myself that I just needed, you know, Sundays was my rest day. Sundays was a day I just slept the day away, mm-hmm. and I wake up like probably uh, 12, 1 o'clock, and I have a crazy headache. And I probably drink some water and lay back down and go to sleep. And I wake up and it'd be like eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. Wow. So I'm imagining you working a full-time job, a day job, and then DJing. Basically, I think you just described five nights a week that you were committed at least five nights a week DJing somewhere. And so people, we can appreciate just having one full-time job. Sometimes it's hard to prep meals and get your, your um, healthy meals together so you can have a healthy lunch, come home, have a healthy dinner. If you're working two jobs, then that means you have less time to prep, less time to be home, less time to do a home-cooked meal. So you're eating on the go. You were eating on the run. Yeah, lot of, lots and lots of fast food, um, lots of Waffle House nights, <laughs> lots of IHOP nights, 
Um, yeah, and eating something quick to go, something you throw in the microwave and, and yeah. take it instead of pulling out the pots and pans and making your food with love, you know? Yeah, yeah. So 2016, you had an epiphany, you said, and you decided, all right, I'm not eating any more fried food. Did that include fast food too, or just the fried food? Yeah, that included fast food too. I so you made a commitment to eat healthier. I made a commitment to eat healthy and also to to be more active. That okay. means um, at least getting at least 30 minutes of cardio a day, drinking more water. Um, I went from drinking one, what's that? 16 ounce bottle mm -hmm. to at least a gallon a day. Mm -hmm. And I and and I saw how the weight fell off of me. Were so you I, overweight or obese in 2016 when you underwent yeah, this weight was, change? Yeah, I was about a good 240. At right? what height? Um five nine. Okay. So right now Yeah, you I'm, were a big boy. Um <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was a little chunky. <laughs> But um, now I'm at around 185, 190. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah. So, much better. so 2016, you had an epiphany. You decided you were going to change your lifestyle, eat healthier, be more active, drink more water, which um, my shameless plug, guys, you should be drinking at least 64 ounces of plain water every day, at least. We know now that, you know, the recommendations, it can be, you can drink more. Like for my size, I should be drinking around 70 something, 74 ounces of water on a daily basis. Um, not just for our bodies, but also for our brains. So you decided in 2016 to be, a, to have a healthier lifestyle. Between 2016 and 2018, because you told me 2018 is when you began to feel badly. You had the swollen legs that drove you to the urgent, uh, made you go into the urgent care. So between 2016 and 2018, oh, and you also said you were having headaches in 2016, but you just thought it was because of your stressful lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Between 2016 and 2018, did you have any other physical manifestations that something was wrong with your body besides the headaches? Oh, um, every day was pretty much like that. Um, I mean, I've had headaches every now and then. It wasn't a constant everyday type thing. Mm -hmm. um, but nothing prepared me for 2018. Gotcha. So take us to 2018. You went to urgent care after noticing you were tired, going up the same steps you've been going up for almost a decade. You noticed that you both your legs were swollen and after a week they had not gone down so you mm -hmm. went to urgent care and they checked your blood pressure what what was your blood pressure do you remember at the time i think it was uh let me see so long ago it was up there it was because mm -hmm. they because when they first checked it they said they wanted me to just to relax mm -hmm. or to come down a little bit and recheck it again mm -hmm. so um just uh estimated guess because i mean being being around that stuff now you kind of know when your blood pressure is up but um, my estimated guess is probably like 160 over maybe 100 or something like that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is pretty up there you yeah. know the, the normal is 120 over 80 so, mm -hmm. uh, for, for it to be 40 points high at the top and 20 points high at the bottom yeah, that, that's alarming mm -hmm. yeah so your blood pressure was elevated and the doctor and is that all they diagnosed you with was elevated blood pressure they diagnosed me with hypertension. 
So they, you, they went ahead and gave you that diagnosis of hypertension. Yeah, they, they went ahead because it, it didn't come down after a while. So they went ahead and diagnosed me with hypertension. And that's when they assigned me to um, blood pressure pills just to okay. regulate it. So that um, same day you went to urgent care, they prescribed you blood pressure medication? Yes. Okay, wow. Yeah, the reason why initially I called it elevated blood pressure is because technically, um, you know, we learn in medical school and also when we're training to become specialists that you don't diagnose hypertension with just one abnormal or elevated blood pressure reading. There's supposed to be more than two abnormal or at least two abnormal blood pressure readings on two different days. Um, but considering, I guess, uh, you know, probably your physical exam, your lifestyle at the time that you may have talked to the doctor about and they had you wait and the pressure didn't come down, you know, I yeah. suppose they were able to just go ahead and diagnose hypertension and prescribe you medication. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and which I thank them for because, I mean, what if they didn't do it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so mm -hmm. fast forward until about August. That's, that's when everything kind of just fell out. We're still in 2018? Yeah, we're still in 2018. August 2018. Uh, I was sitting around watching TV and, you know, my heart started pumping really, really hard. I get scared. I think I'm having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. So I called the ambulance and I'm, I'm rushed to the emergency room and um, the ED doctor come in and, and they run some tests and they give me some saline and, and they try to, they, they want me just to relax and calm down because they saw that my anxiety was just through the roof. Mm -hmm. At first, you know, I, th I thought I was going to have a heart attack or an anxiety attack because mm -hmm. that's how it felt. But um, the ED doctor came in a little a little while later and was like, so, Mr. Harlan, you know, um, how long have you had bad kidneys? And I look at him, I'm like, what are you talking about? I never had bad kidneys. Mm -hmm. He's like, really? And he looked at my mom and he looked at my my um, my friend at the time that was there with me, too. Um, shout, shout out to Letitia. Um, they both looked at me and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So then he he's, comes over and he sits down and he's like, well, normally kidney functions are run from about 100, 100, 100, 100 to 120%. At that time, he said my kidney's level, my kidney function was at 15%, mm -hmm. which is very, very low dangerously close to um, dialysis. Yeah. So um, they also did a urine test and come to find out that I had a lot of protein in my urine. Mm -hmm. So those were the basic uh, call signs, if you will, or the basic um, contributors to renal disease. Mm -hmm. So I was in the hospital for about a week for them to uh, get, get a biopsy and run some more tests and stuff. And, Everything was confirmed that I had at that time in 2018, stage four, um, kidney failure. Wow. At the age of only what? What, 30. what, I was, what was it? I was, I was 38 years old. 38. Wow. And I'm guessing they did that kidney biopsy so that they could rule out one of the common causes of um, end stage renal disease is called polycystic kidney disease. Um, and also something called chronic uh, glomerulonephritis, that's an inflammation 
um, of some of the cells in the kidney. So I suppose, were those biopsies negative? Yeah, they all came back negative. Um, they, what uh, my doctor told me that there was no signs of any diseases. Mm-hmm. That basically me having high blood pressure for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. um, I won't say ruined, but it just stretched my kidney function to the mm-hmm. point where it they shut down. Yeah, and, and not just one of my kidneys, because people always ask me, is, is, is it one? Like, not it's both of them. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And so high blood pressure or hypertension is a common cause of kidney disease and kidney failure. And so you just said your high blood pressure basically compromised, has compromised the tiny blood vessels that lead to your kidney, which means if you're not getting blood, if you're not perfusing the organ, your kidney, it leads to damage and prevents the filtering process that's needed for our kidneys. And that's why you had protein in your urine. Because yeah, your filtering process was basically gone. Your kidneys was, they were no longer able to do their job. And you said both of your kidneys basically were at end stage renal kidney disease. Mm-hmm. For the people at home, just think about your air filter in your, in your air conditioning unit or in your car, or whatever you have an air filter in. And just think about it getting so clogged to the point that it's not working anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what's in your body. Um, your your kidneys are, are are your air filters, so to speak. So, um, treat them the best you can. Drink water. Um, eat the right foods. Exercise. No, uh, cut down your salt intake because salt is very heavy with us as African American people. We love putting salt on food that don't even need salt. Right. Our bodies produce salt on its own, so we really don't need to put salt on anything. And mm-hmm. especially with fast food, fast food is loaded with salt because it needs to preserve the food to keep it from um, mm-hmm. going bad. So it's crazy when I see people, you know, just dumping so much salt on their grits and this, that, and the third. Like, you know, you, you don't need that much. I get aggravated to certain people nowadays because I try to, I want them to be more healthy. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to go through what I'm going through. So I may aggravate some people here and there about their 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 eating choices, but I just yeah. want to live. Well, that's good that you're aggravating them as you describe it, <laughs> because someone has to teach them somehow, you know, to live healthier. I remember um, you and I are close in age. I'm I'm 44. I'll be 45 next month. Um, Congratulations! Happy happy early birthday. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you know. And that means a lot for um, an African-American, a black in America with everything we have going on with police brutality and, you know, how we've been treated in our country to be able to make it and survive here. And also just, you know, they don't share knowledge with us. We've we've had to teach ourselves, you know, and that's after 400 years of not being allowed to read and write and being enslaved and all of these things. So I'm glad that you aggravate people to teach them how to eat. But now I think the schools, they're teaching the kids nutrition classes. Mm-hmm. They're making it a requirement for them to take these classes. So that's a good thing. But for so many people up until recently, probably, I guess, five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, those things weren't an option. You weren't taught how to eat or told what was healthy. Um, you know, Not and what you've seen at home. Yeah. You prepared your food the way it was prepared when you saw it being prepared. Yeah. So, yeah. so, 
even though our food is the best food on the planet, you know, people love to say it's, and people love to, to throw shade on, on, on black food, but mm-hmm. food is the best thing there is. So, yeah, you can cook healthy soul food now. We can make healthy soul food. Absolutely. But what they did was they took away the small farms, the people who picked their own potatoes and picked their own collard greens, who they, they, they made us more um, dependent on going to these fast food, well, not fast food chains, but grocery store chains. Mm-hmm. And food now is different. Food isn't, food, food isn't the way it was when me and you were little. Yeah. It, it's food now is totally different. And, and the way, well, I, the way I've relearned food, I want people to relearn food that way we can live much longer in this world. So, guys, I'm sitting on the couch with uh, DJ Shock, a DJ out of Columbia, South Carolina, and we're talking about um, his medical status. Basically, he is in need of a kidney. Every 10 minutes, another person is added to the national transplant waiting list. There are 82% of patients waiting, 82% of patients waiting are in need of a kidney. Um, so how long have you been on, on the waiting list? I've been on the waiting list. Um, I was put on the waiting list, um, in 2018. So about I'm going wow. the, the same the year. year. So you went in August, 2018. He said, basically your, your kidneys were failing and they placed you on the, the waiting list. for yeah, transplant. I found out in August by October, I was placed on, um, the wa- a waiting list in Charleston, South Carolina at MUSC. And I was placed mm-hmm. on a waiting list in Augusta University in Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. And so as you wait, you are receiving dialysis. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's necessary guys because the kidneys are essential for removing waste from our bodies. If they stop working well, waste and fluid will build up and will lead to issues, will lead to um, additional problems so when did you begin dialysis i began dialysis june 3rd of this year of 2020 as in just six months ago six months ago wow so okay you were diagnosed with end-stage kidney disease august 2018 placed on the kidney transplant waiting list and so is it because you still had some functioning of your kidneys? That's why um, you were able to wait a year, a year and a half before go- starting yeah. dialysis? Yes, I still had decent function. Um, mm-hmm. it, like my doctor said, it would climb, but it's not going to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. It, it, it rose as high. See, when I, when I first found out I was at 15, it rose as high as about 17. As high as what? It rose as high as 17. 17? Yeah, 17%. Wow. And, and currently now I'm sitting at 2%. How many days a week are you being dialyzed? Um, every day. What's, what's, um, what's, well, where I'm at now is known as home dialysis. Okay. Um, I started with peritoneal dialysis, which is a catheter that comes out of your stomach. Mm-hmm. And what that machine does is it 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 um pumps dialysate into your in, into your stomach area, and it cleans all your waste and stuff. And it it, it and then the then, then the machine will um suck the waste out 
Mm-hmm. That was peritoneal. Now, um, that didn't work too good for me. It made me very, very sick. I was in and out of the hospital in June, in June and July of this year. Mm-hmm. So I was switched to hemodialysis, which is a catheter that is connected to your heart in your chest. Mm-hmm. That works much better for me. Um, as recently as October, I now have a fistula, which is in my arm. So it's another catheter, which basically I stick two needles in my arm and now I'm able to um, dialyze. Mm-hmm. Home dialysis basically means that I'm being trained so that way my, I can I can bring my machine home and I can dialyze at home anytime I want to. Okay. That's why you see all these boxes behind me. What are those boxes? The boxes behind me are um, all the all the equipment I need to dialyze at home. My um, dialysis bags, my mm-hmm. alcohol pads, um, my uh, it's just a whole lot of stuff I need. My um, blue pads, uh, needles that I need in order to um, clean my catheter area and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. And I never thought that I'd be my own nurse. But after training, I, I, I'm almost ready to to come home and do my own dialysis treatments. Yeah. So are you confidently an expert? at dialyzing yourself do you feel confident almost almost almost. i'm almost confident i'm still getting used to being i'm still getting used to sticking myself in the arm but uh yeah as far as the catheter is concerned i'm a pro but Uh you're getting used to um as the as the doctors will say cannulating yourself Mm. but i get through it gotcha Wow, I commend you, because I'm a you know I I can tolerate pain and stuff, and I have a high pain threshold. But there's this thing about I like I like uh, being taken care of, you know. Like at the grocery store, I don't always go through the self checkout. I want them to check out, <laughs> I want mm-hmm. them to check yeah. me out. So I would imagine that I would also feel that way with um if that with dialysis, like I I'm like trying to place myself in your shoes what i prefer to come home and dialyze myself or what i prefer to go to a center and you know i think there's pros in doing it yourself you're in the comfort of your home you can watch what you want you're smelling your own home you're not in the hospital facility looking at other folks who may not feel as well as you do who may be feeling sicker um you know, whenever you're in a hospital environment and you expose yourself to possible bacteria and germs, we call that iatrogenic, you know, so there's pros to doing it in, in your own home. There's pros to doing it in home. And there's a lot of people who start in home and they feel like they can't do it after a while. So they go back in sin. Mm. If it was up to me, I would go in sin. But um, gotcha. as far as my scheduling is concerned, as far as, you know, uh, teaching school and being able to um like incident after a while is is is, is even though it's it's, it's a lesser time mm-hmm. and therefore no longer than three hours but it still takes up a lot of time if you're a person who is working now if you're not working you know you can be in center all you want but um usually for people who still as young as i am that 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 lead very busy lives they would they would like for you to go home and you can do it whenever you want whenever you want 
How long does it take you to do it at home? Um, prep time is usually about 30 minutes. You get on the machine for about either two or three hours and mm -hmm. your disposal time is about another maybe five, 10 minutes. So mm -hmm. roughly about four hours. What's your diet like now, now that um, you're on dialysis? Because you mentioned earlier in the segment that you're eating differently. Yeah. Um, salads, you can't have tomatoes or the black olives that you love. Yeah, they, 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 they gave me a list and it's basically um, saying what I can and can't have. Mm -hmm. Now the doctor says you, you do need to uh, splurge, if you will just because your body craves it after a while, but just don't overdo it. You can have a burger maybe once a week. You know, you can have one slice of pizza, you know, once a week. You know, well, well, maybe once every two weeks or so. Mm -hmm. But uh, for me, basically, I, I, I make sure I include my vegetables. I make sure I include my, my, my leafy greens, um, no fried food. My, my food is either baked or um, broiled. And... Um, fish, chicken. My dietician is making me eat beef again, which I stopped eating beef, mm -hmm. but I need the protein. So um, I eat beef every now and then. Mm -hmm. um, lay off the dairy. Uh, no sugary foods. Um, uh, let's see. Water is good, but I can't have the... I, I can't drink the water I used to drink. Mm -hmm. 32 ounces a day is all I can have. Wow. You so don't. you're limited to 32 ounces max. Yeah. And that includes the food that you eat that contains water, right? If this is not, you're not just saying 32 ounces of plain water. Mm -hmm. Like cucumbers are, you know, water. contain a lot of water. So you'd have to watch that. Yeah, certain fruits, grapes, strawberries, water, well, watermelon. Um, yeah, <laughs> watermelon. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, there are there there are a lot of foods that has. I mean, pretty much anything you eat is going to be fluidy. Mm -hmm. Um, so they they want you to stay below thirty two because they don't want the fluid to get backed up in your body. Mm -hmm. And um, usually I would know if I have fluid on me because either I feel my knees or I feel my hands. And if my hands are really puffy, I got too much fluid. That means I need to dialyze quickly because you mm -hmm. don't want that fluid around your heart. It, it will, it will, it will um, damage your heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Thomas, who were you mentally prior to 2018? Would you say that mentally you were in good mental health and wellness? Did you feel content on most days in life? Yeah, most days I feel content. Um, I felt regular like everyone else. You know, you have your ups and downs. You trying to pay your bills and trying to mm -hmm. live your life as best as you can. And, and dare I say, I was a bit immature, um, a bit naive, thinking that, you know, Oh, I won't say I, I won't say I was invincible. Just, just, just knowing I, I knew I was a bit heavy on it, and I needed to make a change. But as far as what's going on the inside of me, I had no clue. Okay. So overall, you felt okay mentally prior to yeah, I was decent getting sick physically. Decent mentally. Now, now once everything 
came to a head, yeah. That's when things changed drastically. And I say that because there are days when mentally I'm just a, a ball of sunshine. I'm just happy to be alive and, and, and days I'm just like feeling great. Um, no issues as far as my body is concerned. I feel great. There's there's little to little, little fluid on me, so I feel like I can just conquer the world. Mm-hmm. Then there's days when I know I've done too much. Like last weekend, I ate too much food. I know I did, and I drink too much fluid, which I know I did. So Monday, when I woke up, I didn't feel myself. So I I tell people on my Facebook page all the time. People always, you know, say they're praying for me and stuff, and I, I definitely appreciate it. But most of the time, it's not the physical part of me that's fine. My body, I feel my body can handle anything that is being thrown at. Mm-hmm. But the mental part of it is really where I need prayer and, and help. Because there's some days you, I, I, never, I never have questioned God about anything. And I never will. Mm-hmm. But some days I feel like, He's taking me through this for a reason. I wonder what that reason is. And am I worthy enough to fulfill his prophecy? That's when I can get into my own deep thoughts and then my then, then my mental can, can go for a roller coaster. Because mm-hmm. we as people, sometimes we just dig too deep in a rabbit hole of our own thoughts. Sometimes we may question ourselves. We may question our abilities. We may we, we may question our whole purpose of life. Mm-hmm. And on the outside, we're just as happy, and we're 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 socializing with friends, and we may be in clubs, toasting it up, popping bottles. But on the inside, we're just a mess. Mm-hmm. So, um, when you emailed me and wanted to ask me about my mental part of it, because that's that, that that's a part of the energy that I think I missed with the. Um, Breakfast Club interview. I really didn't speak on the mental aspects of it. And speaking of that interview, you know, I, I thank Charlemagne, Envy, and Angela Yee for that. And there's so many people who reached out to me, and I want to thank them mm-hmm. on my from the bottom of my heart because there, there's so many people who who said to me, "You're the bravest for doing that interview because they're going through the same thing, and they haven't told people yet." So wow. my interview has given them the courage to tell their story. And, and that meant the world to me. Um, I remember when I was in their shoes, I remember in 2018, I didn't tell anyone except for my mom. Mm-hmm. The only people knew was the people who I felt was most important to me. That was my mama, my brother, and, and, and my friend Letitia. Other than that, no one knew. I, why, do you, I, why do you think you held it to yourself? Why didn't you share it? Well, because I think mentally I had to get myself together. Because, you know, telling someone that your kidneys are failing, the first thing that come out of their mouth is, well, the first thing that come in their brains, they think you're going to die. Yeah. So you have to educate yourself and be able to comfort that person and let that person know, hey, I'm okay, and then educate them on what renal failure is. Mm-hmm. And that takes a while to understand it for yourself. You have to come to grips with yourself and you have to you have to put in the research and the work to understand what's what lies ahead in your journey. 
And it took me a while. It took me until June of this year to actually spread my story on social media. And I and I got the reaction I figured I was going to get. It was a whole lot of prayers, a whole lot of, oh, my God, a whole lot of why you didn't tell me. People were angry at me because I didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I had to, I had to tell them and help them realize that how was I going to tell you something that I had no earthly clue on? Yeah, what, how to explain it, really? Yeah. It, right. So um, that's I, and, and that's another reason why I think my my mentors are stronger today because I actually took the time to actually research and and dig into. Um, other people's stories and I'm on a couple of um, groups on Facebook and we talk a lot to each other about uh, the difficulties and the good times and and mm-hmm. um, a major thing that we all of us as kidney patients share in agreement with is just being able to just have someone there mm-hmm. most of the time you know, especially with this era of COVID, if you go to the hospital right now, you're being there by yourself. You can't have no one in there with you. Um, most of these dialysis centers won't let won't, won't let people come in there with you. So, mo- so you're mostly by yourself. Mm-hmm. Each and every day. So, what 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 we most would love is just for someone to be there. You don't really have to talk. We don't really have to do anything special. Just be in the room with us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of us who would like to just talk, just to get some things out of our brains and just be there to listen, be a shoulder, be an ear. Mm-hmm. Be be a person who we can bounce ideas off of. Be a person who is just genuinely concerned. You know? And um, yeah, that's a that's a big thing with the kidney community. Gotcha. Yeah, having that that support or losing that support, I should say, with COVID nineteen and uh, the challenges in that. Yikes! So, have you reached out to a mental health professional uh, during any of this time? Have you sought mental health? I um I haven't. Um, it's funny that you know your email came through because I, I i have a friend of mine who's been trying to get me for for months to just seek some type of like therapy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she's she's been there with when i'm happy and and, and 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 great in times when i just don't feel like talking i don't feel like moving i don't feel like doing anything just lay in the bed all day and just you know sleeping the day away so she's been trying to get me for months to 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 seek some type of therapy. So I thank you for this interview and, and and reaching out to me. You're welcome. You're very welcome. And um, you know, if to get the process started, um, if you want to virtually meet with one of my therapists from my office, I could extend that to you complimentary. Um, just because, you know, as I said, I heard you on, on that interview on the breakfast, breakfast club. And it really, um, it touched me hearing you talk about it being a young black male, um, and and talking about waiting on, on a kidney. Do you, do you have hope? Do you have faith as you wait? Absolutely. That's what keeps me alive every day, to be honest. Um, 
uh, even though my phone's right here is, is on silent, but anytime I see an eight four three number pop up, I heard an answer because that could be the center saying we found one for you. So yeah. every day I I look to my phone to see if I have a either eight four three number or seven zero six number come through and say, hey, how fast can you get here? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that hope that um prayer if you will you know i think about i think i think often you know what will i do when i get the call and what will i do when i actually you know receive a kidney and i've seen so many other stories of people who've gotten their kidneys and it's it's um good things that 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 happen and there's also some setbacks so i kind of have a a panoramic view if you will of what can happen, mm-hmm. what might happen, what might not happen. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it, every day is a mystery for me. Will mm-hmm. I? Is is today the day? That's that's. Whenever I wake up in the morning, I meditate and talk to God, and I say my prayers, and you know, when I'm finished, I ask, "Is today the day?" Yeah, yeah. You got to be a believer. You got to be a believer. Yeah, you won't get through this if you're not. Mm-mm. No. And so guys, if you know someone who wants to be an organ donor, you know, the number of people who need kidneys far outnumber the amount of donors that we have. So if you're able to become a donor, you know, we know that we only need one kidney to live, one kidney to function. And, um, and DJ Shock has Describe for us how both of his kidneys have been compromised. So he's really living off of dialysis. And we want you to have a better quality of life. We don't want you to, to limit what we what you eat. We know that you'll eat healthy. You started eating healthy two years prior to being diagnosed with end-stage renal disease. Um, you know, so hopefully someone is listening to this or you guys can share this for other folks to hear and, um, and you're able to, to do this. You're able to see if you're a match. You do have to be a match. Of course, you got to go through some tests and you have to be a match so that you can, you can don't, you can become a donor for DJ shock, or you can become a donor and just be a donor on the, on the kidney transplant list for some person who would love to, to have, have a kidney. Yeah, that's the that's one of the things that um, I pray happens to me when whenever I get my kidneys. I definitely want to be an advocate for people who would like to be organ donors. Um, I would like to make it a nationwide thing, you know, hope it be on be on some TV commercials and just get people to understand that, you know, um, your um, your end of life doesn't. But your, your your end of life could mean someone else could live on, and yeah. um, even you know you can donate an eye, a, a, a lung, a heart, um, pancreas, um, liver, kidney. You know, just mm-hmm. just being an organ donor that way, someone um, you can be a blessing to someone. You can be someone's yeah. earth angel. Yeah, guys. And so what that means is if you have not denoted your um, your organ status um, on your driver's license, like um, I'm from Maryland and Maryland, you had to you had to state if you wanted to be an organ donor, you know, for some reason, God forbid, you're involved in a car crash and you don't make it. They can actually salvage your organs and 
you can donate everything. Um, as DJ Shock just mentioned, your your liver, your heart, your kidneys, everything. You can become an organ donor, but you have to denote that on your driver's license. I've done that here in the state of Florida as well, because this is um, this is a very serious topic. And um, and you know, as you were talking, it made me wonder, Thomas, like why don't we see more information on platforms, on television, or here on the radio? or on social media, encouraging people to state their status. You know, maybe that could be a thing, state your status. Uh, because if you don't have it no notated on your driver's license that you're a willing organ donor, your organs will go to waste. Well, it's so many, um, it's so much misinformation out of here. I, I remember when I was young hearing that, you know, people didn't want to be organ donors because if they see it on your license or they see it on your arm that, the doctor isn't going to save your life. People have to realize that that doctor took an oath a long time ago. Wow, I'm so glad you're seeing this. Go ahead. The, the doctor took an oath saying that he must preserve life. Just because they see that you're an organ donor, just because they see that you're an organ donor, doesn't mean that they're not going to try as hard as they can to keep you on this earth. Right. Misinformation is something that spread more fast than anything. Mm. Um, what we have to do is we have to actually educate people. I mean, we, we can't wait until they're fully grown to educate them on statuses. We have to get them whether in elementary school and middle school and high mm -hmm. school and, and encourage people to love one another enough to where if this person needed something from someone, that is not a question that you would say that person's life. Right. So um, I've always wanted to dispel that myth of, of, of doctors letting people die because they're organ donors. That is definitely false. That is a myth. That is that, that absolutely is false. As a doctor, I can say that is absolutely false. We do take the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm. And doctors want to save as many people as possible. So... So glad that you mentioned that. Absolutely. Well, DJ Shock, listen, email me or when we finish this recording, if you want us, the office to reach out to you and schedule you for, I don't know, six complimentary sessions of psychotherapy to speak with someone at your, at your will. So you can determine when you want those sessions to take place. Um, we will be more than willing to do that for you virtually. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, we can help get the ball rolling at least. And then you can make the transition to someone that's that's there in your local area. There are some black male and female mental health professionals there in Columbia, South Carolina, and in that area. So I'm sure you'll be well taken care of from the mental health aspect. But it's important just to include that in your life because, um, you know, I imagine you're you're going through a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My mental health is definitely important. Um, mm -hmm. I can't uh, end this without shining out my, my, my dialysis clinic, Midtown Clinic. Thank you all so much for everything that you've done for me and, and making sure that I'm as comfortable as possible and learning everything and, and making sure that I'm able to become my own nurse. Mm -hmm. um, Metal Aid Clinic, thank you all for, for, for making sure I didn't pass out. Mm -hmm. uh, there are times when 
the machine may get you and it may pull out too much fluid and you, your, your body will become dehydrated because you don't have any more gas in the tank, so mm -hmm. to speak. And you may fall out from time to time. So thank you all for helping me and, and uh, Columbia Home Clinic. Thank you so much for getting the ball rolling. Um, I remember walking in that place, not saying but two words a day because number one i was i was i was scared because of i had no um education on this process so that 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 makes you frightened and and all of those nurses in there miss sherry thank you so much for saving my life um i thank them so much for for allowing me to to um research the information, gain the information, use the information. And now that the information is in me, I'm able to prosper. So yeah. I, I think, I thank those clinics so much for, for saving me. Yes, sir. Yeah. You sound like a well-informed consumer and that's what we call it. You know, when you go shopping for a car, you look and do the research so you can buy the, the best, the best vehicle for the money. And so you got to do the same thing with your body and with your physicians and your clinics and the folks who take care of you. When something's going on, you got to research and read about it. And I'm, I'm relieved to know that these folks have been, um, that they've been a, a, a part of your education process, that they've been sharing information with you, because that does help curing or um, extinguish, extinguishing that uncertainty does a lot for us mentally. When things are uncertain, when you don't know things, when you don't have answers, when you feel like you're in the dark, that really just provokes a lot of anxiety and uneasiness. And so we all know the brain is important in recovery, including physically recovering. So if you're feeling on, on if you're feeling on edge, if you're anxious, if you feel uncertain, that really can inhibit your physical redemption, your physical recovery, your physical uh, will, your ability to, to do better. So. Yeah, and you have people who don't want to do the research because they think they're going to hear something negative. Um, definitely, before I get off of here, I, I want to encourage all black men, all black men, seek mm. a physician. Seek a physician. Don't, wow. don't, don't not see a doctor because you think he's going to say something bad. Yeah, see a doctor. See a doctor that way. He won't say anything bad, mm -hmm. and he keep you living longer and longer and longer. Um, I, I love definitely, it. Yeah, I definitely want to be an advocate for that too. Getting more black men to to these doctors, and and don't wait because don't wait because you felt like I felt. You just felt like something is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, just just go just to go. I mean, even when you feel great, just go get a checkup to make sure everything is okay. I love that. I love it so much. That's going to be the last word, black man. You just you were just spoken to by another black man, and he told you what to do regarding your fit, physical and mental health and wellness. So thank you for joining me on the couch with DJ Shock. DJ Shock, thank you for being here. I appreciate you so much. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember... Every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, 
Everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love.